1: Well, hello, I'm Eric Eastep. and I'm Scott Reevley. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Scott. How are you this afternoon?
0: Well, I'm doing all right, thank you, Eric. And you?
1: I'm doing well. I I mentioned the race last week. You. And I succeeded. Everything Congratulations. Went well. I'm exci- I'm still jazzed about it after how what, 4 days? 5 days. Good. And you're not you didn't get hurt or anything? Uh, I could barely walk that afternoon, but other yeah. than that, <laughs> I can walk now, so we're cool. good. That,
0: that's, that's for the win. I uh, I probably felt like I got hurt just thinking about you, so there you go.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, good. it was good. Um, well, today, we're not going to talk about running, because I'm sure everyone would turn the podcast off, because that is not, not uh, a fun hobby for most anyone, except the weird few like me. Um, but instead, we want to uh, reference something that we heard about several weeks ago when we were interviewing Will Lathrop. A candidate for attorney general in Oregon, he mentioned the difference. We asked him the question about justice. What is justice? Right. That's and, his job. Right. The job he wants, anyway. Right. And he mentioned there's a difference between social justice and criminal justice and biblical justice. Um, and he, he just did that little reference and said, maybe I'm not the guy to talk about this because he, he was a little bit uh, hesitant because he wasn't a pastor or anything and did, a I think, a pretty good job
0: kind of parsing those apart. Well, that he did something that helped me a lot. He just said social justice, then he said, whatever that is, because that's a lot of times people have not defined that very well, mm-hmm. and we don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we will throw it around without— Without definition. Without definition. Mm-hmm. And then he defined criminal justice as really what he was going to do as attorney mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. So then that left biblical justice. Right. And then I, I referenced it a little bit when we were talking
1: about um, parenting your kids uh, and discipling them politically— Um, basically, what does the king want? And if the king wants something, it's probably just and uh, aiming that direction. But today, I want to not just talk about those a little bit, but dig into that. What is biblical justice? And work through that today on on the podcast. So I think a good place to start for us is that we're required to show justice. If, If you are a Bible reader and you care what the Bible says, you're not going to get very far before it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of justice in the Bible, and it's it's seen as a good thing. It is uh, required, and um, assume that you're gonna you're gonna be well, just.
0: There aren't very many things that actually actually come out and say this is required of you, but mm-hmm. justice is one of them. Micah mm-hmm. six eight says he has told you a man what is good, and what the Lord. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Mm-hmm. And so this is what the Lord requires of you, to do right. justice. So there you go, right out the gate. So you should want to figure out what that is. And, and it's interesting. It says to do
1: justice, not to be just, and to sit there and think just thoughts or something. There's, if, if the word do is in there, do or make or make happen, something like that, then there's action required. I, I have to do a just action to do justice. Mm-hmm. So there's...
0: If if you weren't listening before, you might want to listen now because <laughs> well, there is there's there's a, a requirement. You know, there is a difference too between, like you said, between thinking about it and doing it, mm-hmm. or having some certain kind of thoughts and actually certain kind of actions. And and it's really worth mentioning that that is important that we um, that we pay attention to the fact that this is an action required uh, text mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, to do, to do nothing but have just ideas is not justice. Right. You have not done justice if you've just thought just ideas. Yeah.
1: And it's right to talk, it's right to want to talk about justice. Uh, Will mentioned social justice, whatever that is, but I think even that desire to mm. describe things as just and say we want to do justice or, or put an adjective in front of it, whatever it is, I think that is coming out of our being image bearers, we image bear, we reflect the image of God. God is just. So there's something in us that wants to be just, and we might mess up the definition and, and pursue the wrong thing. But I think the, the desire to pursue justice comes out of the fact that we reflect who God is. And sometimes we do it in a broken way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's part of us. It's not just, I don't think we just made that up and went, oh, this, this'll be a fun activity. I, th- I think there's a uh, image bearing quality to that.
0: Well, so fundamental in all human beings, there's Mm -hmm. some level of image bearing Mm -hmm. and therefore justice or desire Mm -hmm. for justice. Mm -hmm. Um, It is interesting though, that where you don't have a Christian influence, you don't have the same level of concern for justice. Mm. And so some of the concern for justice does come out of a Christian background or heritage. Sure, and it comes out of there because, like you mentioned earlier, it is the character of God, and mm-hmm. those that are paying attention to His revelation, what He says about Himself, mm-hmm. are going to know that's the way He is. And so, if you're going to follow Him, worship Him, uh, you're going to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so, there's there are just a few texts that are probably worth. No, there's lots of texts. Maybe we should just mention a few. How's that? Sure. But Deuteronomy ten eighteen through twenty says. Uh, Speaking of God, he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. So it just leads with execute justice for, uh, he executes justice for the fatherless and widow, and he loves the person who's without family, Mm -hmm. sojourner. So, Mm
1: -hmm. There's a lot in Psalms as well. Uh, Psalm 9, 7 says, the, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice. Um, and then in Psalm 33, 4 and 5, it says, For the, the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. So it's, and, and those are three. We grabbed three. There's probably hundreds. Um, but those are three indicative, uh, just passages that say, it Indicates this is who God is. This is what he, this is what He loves. He loves righteousness and justice.
0: Well, and He does it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing. He executes justice for the farless. Mm-hmm. So when He says, "You do justice," right? Yeah, He's asking you to do do what I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do and as I, I say, not as I no. Do as I do, not as I. Well, do as I no, do. And it's as God. God. <laughs> I say, He's <laughs> God. Yeah, do as I do. He and, and, and says and it, and okay. as I say.
1: <laughs> oh, close there. And and just to go back to uh, you're talking about cultures that are influenced by Christianity. Um, I think that's a really good point to underscore is that we pursue justice in specifically the West and, and America, we pursue justice in a way that only makes sense because we have been influenced by Christianity. And there, when you talk, when we'll talk more about this as we go, but even, even talking about equality or equity or anything like that, those are Christian, um, Christian words; those are those are Christian definitions, and to pursue them, even if you pursue them in a in a broken way or a uh, inefficient way or or ineffective way rather, um, that's because you're you're using the language of Christianity and you're going, hey, let's let's go this direction. And I read, uh, if if you're looking for a book to read, Tom Holland wrote a book um, called Dominion, I believe is what mm-hmm. it's called. Just as, and that guy's not even a Christian. Um, I think he'd call himself curious or something but he just goes from basically Christ dies on the cross and he just does a history and says, this is because of this and this is because of this and this is because of this and just traces all of these lines of influence of, influence of Christianity, of influence of Christianity right. all the way to the present day. And the way, the way we uh, um, are, are desiring to pursue justice. That's because we have a foundation in Western civilization with Christianity. So if you want a book, there you go. Um, And with that in note, uh, justice is best defined by the Bible, um, not by our preferred ideology. So we've talked about koesis a bunch here. There's plenty of ideologies that will give us different... uh, When
0: he says koesis, he means... uh, An author. uh, (laughs) He's an author who wrote a book called Political... uh, uh, Political Visions and Illusions. Visions and Illusions, Mm -hmm. where he talks about various ideologies. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he really does call out people who anchor their idea of justice within us a, a small set of uh ideas mm-hmm. that he would label as ideology so right. that's my little interruption i appreciate he is that. one of our favorites and can you know just it's like a nickname we just can throw koises <laughs> out there anytime we want and it's uh he's one of our favorites but Anyway, for no, those I of you appreciate that have, the footnote. We're just That's getting good.
1: started. I wanted to like let you know For everyone this is the first time listening to this podcast. Yes.
0: And we do have we have uh, interviewed him and we've done mm-hmm. uh, a couple different rounds of ideas on his mm-hmm. uh, book, so I would recommend that you listen to those if you are are looking for something too.
1: Yeah. Um anyway, what, I don't know what you are thinking yeah, so about. Yeah, so justice Koisis, is best defined by okay. the Bible, not by a preferred ideology, even if it's one of the ones Noted uh, in the Coase's book, uh, and if if you lean towards a particular ideology, and that's how you define justice, you're probably going to be either too individualistic in your definition of justice, or you're going to be too communal, and it, it, you're you're gonna you're gonna fault one way or the other. Um, you could say liberal or communist. You could say capitalistic or um, nationalistic or whatever. Like it doesn't really matter what the ideology is if it's if you're if you're basing your justice on that, the definition of justice on that. It's not going to fit the definition the Bible uses, um, and either and either way, we're we're going to fail to do justice the way the Bible describes it. So, well, we're going to work through uh, five facets of biblical justice, how how it, they tend to how justice tends to be described in Scripture, and we're going to use an article from Tim Keller, a fairly long article. This is just a small section of the article, um, and we'll put the in the show notes the, uh, the link to it the link to mm-hmm. it. And it's actually, it's a long article in itself, and it's one of four, a uh, four-part set of articles. So if you want to do a bunch of reading, there's there's a bunch there. And
0: again, we we should honor uh, Tim Keller for the help he's given us on this, mm. like we honor David Koises. So mm-hmm. yeah, Tim Keller has been very helpful in this, and that's where we're getting these mm-hmm. five facets.
1: Yeah, and, and now he's worshiping the, the just king to his face, which mm-hmm. is... Um, we miss him here, but we're glad he's worshiping Jesus and and helped us um, try to describe who Jesus is and what and what he does and what he loves. So, we'll we'll walk through these and we'll have a uh, uh, link in the show notes so you guys can read more if you like. Um, so the first one that Tim Keller mentions uh, for facets of biblical justice is that one of the facets is community, and he describes it this way: Others have a claim on my wealth, so I must give it voluntarily which living in a liberal, democratic, capitalistic society, you go, what? Wait, seriously? Others others have a claim
0: on my wealth? Um, well, I never would have started there. Okay. I mean, I I just, I might not have ever gotten there. So this is very interesting to me. Keep going.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the, the cases in point that he describes is the way the gleaning laws worked in the Old Testament. So if you you um, harvest your field. One of the things you're supposed to do is leave some of the bits there so that people could come, um, disadvantaged people could come and and pick the gleanings from the field. And if you, if you think about the book of Ruth, that whole story is in the context of this community idea of justice. Um, Because, because Ruth uh, is told, Hey, go to this field, go to the field of Boaz. He is a generous guy and he leaves good gleanings basically. And she goes and gathers and there's plenty of food and, and, That guy and Boaz tends to be even more generous. He can continue to say, "Hey, make sure there's enough, more than enough food there." Or
0: just as what you're saying, right? He was a just man, and I think that is how he's described in Mm -hmm. the book, actually.
1: Mm -hmm. So Ruth, the the story of Ruth is a good example of this idea of justice being displayed. Um, I think Acts two, we just walked through that in church uh, in our sermon series, and I think that's a really good example of that in practice as well. It says. Um, within the the context of this this baby church, they knew what each other's needs were, and they would sell whatever they had so they could have things in common, so they could take care of each other's needs. So there was a mm-hmm. an idea that this isn't just mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give voluntarily so that other needs can be met. And um, one of the things that Keller brings up is is a quote from Bruce Waltke about Proverbs, who's
0: another one of our favorites. I'll say he's, he's a good guy. My, my favorites
1: um but in describing the book of proverbs and, and if you if you know proverbs there's um uh the the wise and the foolish the righteous and the, the uh, would it be unrighteous what mm-hmm. it was the
0: yeah yeah and right and righteous is another synonym for just mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm. um he describes in the Book of Proverbs: the righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. The wicked, that, that's the word I was looking for, the wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. I'll, I'll just read that again. The righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. The wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. And in Proverbs, the righteous, you, you want to be the righteous. You don't wanna be the wicked. And that should that should be obvious, but I, I wanna point that out. And there's just a very obvious different posture towards community i'm going to either see if i can advantage community or i'm going to see if i can use community for my own ends and one of those is just and, and one of those is unjust so what what do you think of that or what what do you have for examples of of how that can how do you make that practical
0: well i mean you've all seen that people who have um Disadvantage the, the the group for their own advantage. And those stories, in fact, we're, <laughs> we're um, recording this two days after the San Bankman-Freed uh, trial has mm. begun. Mm. And he was probably the poster boy for mm-hmm. using the community to advantage yourself, disadvantaging mm-hmm. the community. And that's why he's brought up on You know, extreme fraud charges. So, right. But yeah, I think, you know, I think some of the question is how do you then, um, advantage other people with your wealth? And I mean, this one is, I, like I said, I never start there. In fact, Mm. I still resent that even being part of it. Just resent. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm thinking about taxes. I mean, Mm. that's my first place I go, and that is one of the obligations. Even Jesus said, Mm -hmm. render into Caesar, didn't Mm -hmm. he? And so uh, the the taxes are levied for the common good, Mm -hmm. and so my paying my taxes is part of it. Uh, Worse than that, shall I say it that way, is voting for a bond levy that might help a school mm-hmm. and okay. I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of times that I I'll, I'll just say that I haven't voted for a bond levy and uh I mean I think you Eric have uh, helped me with that some other people have challenged me on it and I think really they're right I I to to think in terms of the common good and when I vote for additional taxes to come out of my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know paycheck or my property tax that's it's not just automatic that my chief goal is to keep the most value in my bank account. Right. That's I, I think the thing that we're talking about, and it's super super practical when it comes to something like mm-hmm. a bond levy or a, a police levy or a fire levy or something mm-hmm. where the common good is going to require something of me. Now that that's not right. biblical justice per se. That's just looking for the common good. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're if you're thinking about what is it that you might have to, what kind of gleanings might you have to to Mm -hmm. share, for instance, from uh, some of the things you have. It may be, it may be that you show up with money in a handout, but probably most of us don't do that. There are probably other creative ways that you can look out for, you know, other people and it to your own disadvantage if you Mm -hmm. have to, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's giving them rides or, Mm-hmm. Whether it's using uh, money that's been given to you anonymously to serve other people or to um, help uh, help them get a leg up in some way, so you're just looking for ways to do that. And um, you know, I, I I did have somebody um, who we we handle benevolence uh, requests really for our church, and so. Mm-hmm that's one of the ways that the community gives so that they can share with people in need. And I mean, I've had, I've had people make requests and just say, you know what, if you're, if, if the church doesn't feel like this is one they can do, I'll do it by myself, Mm. which is just completely this, right? It's like, I see this need is so significant that I'm going to, I'm going to submit it to the church. And Mm -hmm. if for some reason they can, not I will, or I'll do part if the church wants to do part or whatever. And they're just committed to this sense of justice, right. which has been really uh, encouraging for me to see. And so, th- I don't know. There's other ways, but those yeah. are a couple that get me started anyway.
1: Well, and I think when we're thinking about our wealth, especially in a biblical um, a biblical framework, all of our wealth is God's wealth. We don't have anything that's ours, and we are the, the language of Scripture will use is steward. You're a steward of your stuff. I'm a steward of my stuff. And so, if I'm a steward, that That should give me a different relationship with my money, and then the way I budget things should not be, okay. How do I squeeze every dime out of this so that I I get pleasure from it, I get enjoyment from it. But instead, okay, God gave me this. What do I do with it?
0: Well, or not just pleasure, enjoyment, but security, Mm -hmm. or you know, retirement, or Mm -hmm. safety, or Mm -hmm. something that you get with your money, right? You You know, we just had a conversation about last week offline about maximizing every mm-hmm. dollar, every opportunity mm-hmm. and how, I mean, that's been a, there's been, like I said, I wouldn't include this. this has been mm-hmm. an issue for me and the Lord is, uh, is helping me with this. Some.
1: And I, and I would say a question to ask yourself is if you budget, that's one thing. Um, are you, are you budgeting your money in a way that you can, that will help you steward it well? But if if you do that, that's kind of step one. Step two is do you have a, are you anticipating being generous with it. Are you anticipating giving it, giving it away so someone else can have an advantage? Um, and I'd say if, if you don't have a spot for that, and we we have spots in our budget where we're going to give money towards this thing to help help these people or or random random generosity or
0: hospitality would hospitality in um, really in the budgeting situation. Yeah. Hospitality totally fit here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and we have a a line for that so that we can have people in our house, um, but also institutional uh, ways of being generous, whether it's a ministry that uh, help homeless people or ministry pregnancy resource centers or other things there's avenues and i think one of the i think one of the most dramatic ways and i don't i don't like telling my own stories but um one of the things that I, was was most difficult i'll say it that way was we knew a guy who was going to be homeless and realized hey some of our wealth is that we have a room that is not occupied with someone sleeping in it that we have a small house, but we had, we had wealth. We had an abundance because we had a room and it was okay. I think the obvious way to steward this would be to let him stay in our room. So he's not homeless and we disadvantaged ourselves so that he could have an advantage and eventually got back on his feet. And it was a, a good story, but it was, it wasn't a, Oh, this is easy and fun. And all of those things, it it was a disadvantage. It was, it was hard. Um, but I think that's a a good example of the community. piece.
0: Yeah, I think so. Thank you.
1: So the next one Tim Keller brings up is equity, and he says everyone must be treated equally and with dignity. Um, and this is kind of a this is probably where we would want to go generally first if you're going to talk about justice. This kind of matches what we think about when we, we talk about justice in in other contexts. Um, but he he just describes a couple things, and and I've been reading through the prophets in my own Bible reading, and if you just have a slight eye for justice, this is the one that pops up the most, um, and it says. Any, any system of justice or government in which decisions or outcomes are determined by how much money parties have is a stench before God. And he describes a couple, one of them is in Amos, where it's, it speaks of unjust scales or selling even the sweepings of the wheat. And, and Keller mentions to cut corners and provide an inferior product to order in order to make more money, but not serve customers is to do injustice. So, and, and a lot of times in scripture, it's going to talk about um, the outsider, the foreigner, the person that Maybe be automatically disadvantaged because they don't speak the language like the the context would so it'd be easy to disadvantage them that's where a lot of the prophets are going to talk about hey you're you're doing the unjust thing you are um you're measuring things in a way that gives you advantage and gives them disadvantage and this is saying from a biblical perspective everyone must be treated equally and with dignity and that should be a basic a basic understanding of justice
0: well, I think that is probably what the one you learn when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you know, learn to share or make sure everyone gets their right fair uh, shake there. Mm-hmm. So that, that is the way that we teach justice largely mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to make sure it's fair. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably, uh, again, because we learn it first or because it's sort of playground justice, it probably is important to Think about um, how you might do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything that comes to mind about what real life looks like with justice and equity?
1: Well, I think treating people the same. Um, a lot of times in Scripture, it's it's talking about if the person has writ uh, more money, you shouldn't treat someone better because they have more money. Or, or I think it's in James when. Don't don't treat nicely the one who walks in with with the better clothing and is looks looks like it might advantage you if you're around them. Um, I just think about when when someone talks to me, um, I'm walking down the street in Portland or something, and someone asks me for money, and they're they're homeless. Uh, obviously, the the initial response is oh, I don't know what to do. I don't I don't really want to engage this right now, but I try to go. You know what this is, and I'm, I don't think I'm perfect at this, but I'm I'm trying. Um, this is, this is a person. This is an image bearer made by God, and how do I treat them equally? And often, um, I usually have an opportunity to go, you know what? I don't have any cash to give you, but I'm going to go over there because I was walking to get lunch anyway, and I'm going to get two of lunch, and I'm going to bring back lunch, and, and that's an action to go, I think you're a person. I think God cares about mm-hmm. you, and I don't exactly know how to best care for you, but I do know you need food, and that would be helpful for you. Um rather than just I'm gonna treat you not like a person by trying to ignore you and one of the things i I even do is just try to look try to look someone in the eye and just tell them hello even if you do if you do nothing else that that action is how can I treat you equally um, and I also have a bunch of opportunity I'll say it that way because i'm in in construction I have a, a lot of opportunity to treat people unfairly because maybe maybe this. Uh, customer just isn't as savvy as this customer. And because they're not as savvy, I could kind of pull the wool over their eyes. Um, That one comes up a lot. There's always opportunity to be less than equitable. I could say it that way. And then another thing that comes up on the construction side is um, there's ladies that work in the construction office. And I've had a number of conversations where they have just described to me the difficulties they have had working in in the construction culture and being mistreated or being definitely treated not equally. And, um, I'm not, I've not always been at, at a spot where I can, um, affect change, but I think even just being able to listen and, and hear and then go, Hey, can I, mm-hmm. can I talk to someone for you? Or can is there something I can do for you and being an ear for them? Because that it, it was very obvious, like no one's ever listened to you on this. This is, this yeah. is the first time, um, anyone cared. So th- those are some of the things that come to mind.
0: Well, I do, I do think developing an eye for, uh, the The potential of mistreatment, like who is most likely in this situation to mm-hmm. not get the, you know, not have the level playing field, and some of that, some of that may, might have to do with ethnicity, some mm-hmm. has might have to do with gender, some of it might have to do with age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just the kind of thing that, as, uh, as a follower of a just king, we are on the lookout for those that may not be treated equitably so uh yeah thank you
1: Mm -hmm. uh so the next the next one is corporate responsibility and this is fairly similar to what we were talking about last week on the podcast when we talked about sins of our fathers but again if you if you read through scripture it's going to be obvious there's a corporate responsibility aspect facet to justice in in the bible and uh Tim Keller has this as his header. I am sometimes responsible for and involved in other people's sins. And he had three little categories. One of them is corporate responsibility. One of them is corporate participation. And the other one is institutionalized sin. And we talked through a lot of those kind of that spectrum. Um, Mm -hmm. Where is that? Maybe it's so distant that I'm not actually connected to it at all. Um, But sometimes it's, there is a corporate responsibility. I'm connected to this or I've participated in it as, as another, um, member of the of the corporate body. Um, or there's institutionalized where it's something was made by people and I often when I think about this just think about the sin of omission. Maybe I'm involved in an institution that was made before I was there and it's perpetuating brokenness. It's it's perpetuating unjust outcomes. And if I if I don't go, hey, I actually I have I have something to say about this mechanism, this institution, and if I do nothing about it, oh, I'm responsible now. And I, I think I had the example of the, um, uh, the, bu- the building last, last week where we talked about a project going poorly or, or it broke or someone did something within the institution. It wasn't me, but I, I, I am a responsible agent. I can, mm-hmm. I can help. And if I do nothing, then I'm, <laughs> it's definitely my fault because I, I have an eye to fixing what's broken.
0: Well, you, you have a chance to take responsibility. Mm-hmm for something somebody else did in, in that re- mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, those those are around. I mean, you. I think probably there are things that push our buttons or rub us the wrong way about this, like, mm-hmm. you know, look on your shirts. Where, where was your shirt made? Mm-hmm. And, you know, was it made paying fair wage? And, I mean, you can do that all the way for every cup of coffee, every mm-hmm. piece of clothing, and you're just like, going crazy. And, um, there, I suppose if you were extremely meticulous, you might be able to manage that, or probably if you're meticulous, you probably couldn't, it'd probably drive you more crazy. But I think that those kinds of questions aren't the right, you know, those are good questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, uh, so just give some thought, I think, to the The systems that you willingly participate in, and what are those systems then doing mm-hmm. to um, to promote or to get rid of right uh, abolish justice really right and and I think
1: we push back because we are far more again back to the ideology piece. I think we're far more individualistic and we don't want we don't want to talk about this because this seems to be a little bit too a little bit too corporate, a little bit too communal um But I think that's why, but if you're going to read the Bible, well, there's, there's a whole bunch of this. Daniel is confessing sin. Daniel is praying for things that he didn't do. It was before, before he was in, in Babylon. Um, and we referenced that last episode, but so that's the, that's the corporate side. And then, um, Keller talks about number four, individual responsibility. And this is probably one we're most comfortable with. I'm, I'm finally responsible for all my sins. Um, he also notes, but not for all my outcomes. And I think that's a, with, with both of these kind of together, uh, the Bible, he says, the Bible does not teach that your success or failure is wholly due to individual choices. Some of that is just just the environment you live in. Some of it is um, things that are outside of your control. He, t- he talked about, you might be poor. Some You might be poor because the Proverbs will talk about being foolish. And that may be why you're poor. You're, you're in poverty because of, of foolishness. But there might've been a famine that had nothing to do with you, but now you are in poverty because of a famine. So not all the outcomes are the same. And I think our culture, even in this, we'd go, yeah, individual, I'm responsible for my sin, and that's it. Um, but I think we break it when we say, and I'm responsible for my outcomes. So if you have bad outcomes, that means you're not pulling yourself up. No, and you're responsible for your outcomes,
0: right. and they're bad, therefore you're bad. Therefore you're bad,
1: yeah. So right. I think I think we, we twist it a little bit and break it. Um, but I think this is a nuanced and, and fitting <laughs> observation of reality and, and how the Bible talks about
0: well, so there's there's two categories here of justice in his mind. One is individual responsibility, and the other is corporate responsibility, and they're they're together and back to back because they're in some regard inseparable. Mm-hmm. I think in that, I think we have to come to grips with the fact that you know m- my sin is very seldom affects only me. Mm-hmm. My sin very seldom is just my own. You know devices, my own, you know, heart, then my own thoughts, then my own actions or words. And most of the time those are done in some kind of community and mm-hmm. there's some other ripple effect and to be, to be a righteous or just person, you'll want to pay attention to not only the heart issue, but how it plays out in community and mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And some of that was what we spent the last episode on. So. Yeah.
1: And then the last one he talks about is advocacy. He says, we must have special concern for the poor and the marginalized. And he points out, the um, Bible says, we, we are not to show partiality to any, but we're supposed to have special concern for the powerless. And that's not a contradiction. Um, we can defend, it's basically defending the rights of the poor and needy, as, as Proverbs would describe it. And and it's, inter- it's kind of obvious that the rich and the powerful don't need people to speak up for them because they have the power to do that. Um, but the the poor and the needy do need someone to do that. And I think in when, when the unjust is happening, we are diminishing and we are ignoring the dignity of people if we, uh, let them not be heard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what was being emphasized here and throughout the prophets. There's, there's a big advocacy piece, a theme that goes through, um, Jeremiah 22 says, protect the person who's being cheated from the one who is mistreating, and then it lists them, foreigners, orphans, or, or widows. And even in our own day, those are the people that are most likely gonna not be able to speak up for themselves and fall fall through the cracks or or go to the corner and not be heard and really be mistreated. So if, if you're going to act justly in this world, you're gonna advocate for them because they have dignity as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, it just reminds me of... Um One of the instances, we've had some good friends who've moved here from another country, and when they first moved here, they were riding public transportation a Mm -hmm. lot. And so they were riding uh, the MAX line on, um, I think that the ticket was an honored citizen pass. Mm. So uh, to be an honored citizen, you have to be, I think, I don't remember what it is, but say 60 and older. And um, that I think that was the name of the past. but anyway, it was for those who were retired. Mm-hmm. Well, in the country they came from, they had retired, but mm-hmm. they weren't sixty. And so mm-hmm. here they're they are they're retired, so they think this is what the mm-hmm. right ticket to buy. So they buy that ticket. They're riding with that ticket, and I don't know, their marshal or who whatever they are mm-hmm. comes up to them and like slaps them with this enormous fine for for like sneaking onto the Mm -hmm. max with the Mm -hmm. wrong thing. And they, you know, they called me for help. Mm. Like what's going on? Yeah. And, uh, I, I tried to get a little bit of story. I made a call. Finally I wrote a letter and sort of explained kind of how it was a, it was an innocent mistake that, that they would make because of the way the language worked and all the things. And, um, they ended up reducing it to the absolute, you know, minimum but it was, it just called for advocacy. There was no mm. way I could look at that situation and say, oh, sorry, you're out of luck. Right. I mean, you can't look at that it was, if you have any compassion at all. Now, there are people who are far more distant than, mm-hmm. you know, to me than that, that need that same kind of advocacy. Mm-hmm. Some of them I can maybe affect, some of them I can't, but right. that was one that just, I could hardly believe that that would happen to anybody. Right. And then I just couldn't help but advocate for them.
1: I, this is a, this might be a, in comparison, it's a silly one, but I was looking at my, my mortgage got sold to a different servicer as mortgages tend to do. And I logged in to figure out how to pay for my mortgage in this new portal or new bank or whatever it was and realized that the, um, I couldn't set up auto pay for my mortgage unless I had a bank account with this other bank in the other side of the country, whatever. Um, and if you if you know anything about banks, that basically means it's it's set up to get late fees because it's going to be really hard. You you have to like know when to pay it on time and and get everything figured out. And it wasn't an easy process. The portal was broken, and uh, I just thought, man, this is designed to get late fees from people. This is ridiculous. So I I basically publicly asked a question on one of the social media platforms of this bank, like. Hey, this is not a good situation. Why are you doing this? Because, and I wasn't concerned about myself. I can I can set a reminder and put something on my calendar and and do that stuff, or set it up with my bank and, and make it automatic and send a check or something. But I, I was just picturing all the ways that people that have less technology, less um, means to do so, it's they're going to get dinged by all these little all these little things, and they haven't changed it yet. But I I communicated what I could and and tried to change that thing um, because. Other people couldn't couldn't speak up for themselves, so that's that's one. And I, I kind of see those things all over the place, whether it's um, obnoxious fees or or obviously broken ways that will bring out the fees, or um, just hard ways to interact with some system so that it makes it harder. Or you're going to get
0: well, especially if it makes it harder in some people than others, right? Then you're really looking for then then you really have an opportunity to advocate, right?
1: And I, I think that's good. Uh, just a good question to ask yourself is who can you advocate for? And, and part of that is just probably praying and asking God to give you eyes so that you stop ignoring the, the opportunities that are around you and see see what comes up. Um, and and they'll, they'll pop up just like your friend with the, with the bus pass, or you'll walk down the street, or you'll be at work and realize, oh, the person I'm sitting next to needs advocacy, or the person I walk by and don't really acknowledge needs advocacy. And, and the, again, we're back to do justice, not mm-hmm. just think justly, but do justice and we, there'll, there'll be opportunities.
0: I mean, you started by saying that this sort of sprung in your mind anyway, from what it's like to teach your kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, we were talking about the sins of your fathers, um, earlier and, yeah, and, essentially taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. So teaching your kids to take responsibility for themselves or for maybe, you know, with your kids, with for each other, Mm -hmm. you know, the the little community they're part of or take responsibility. So there's the take responsibility for your own sin part that uh, he talks about corporately and individually, but helping them learn to share what they have in ways that don't make them Mm -hmm. super um, selfish about it. That's probably less than I could have learned better when I was a kid that would have helped me uh, be more just, uh, how, help them, uh, and this is probably the place it's the easiest to, to share or, or make sure everyone gets the same number of mints or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, uh, who do they need to stand up for? Teaching them stand up for one another is probably helpful. How do they stand up for other people who are disadvantaged and that kind of thing. So there are things that I think all of these things are things that you can teach your children since yeah. that was one of the things that brought this up for you well and i th- I also
1: think we talked about sins of our fathers if I, i'm a father and if i am not looking at the world in a way thinking how can i do justice i will by creating an environment and um perpetuating actions i will be teaching kids how to not be just in the world and let's let's be selfish and i will be just piling on to this corporate responsibility piece we already talked about and encouraging um, by the environment I do or the example I set uh, individual actions that wouldn't be wouldn't be just and so that's another thing to keep in mind is not just again it's not just a a think it's do um, because you're going to perpetuate something some culture some um, influence around you and I hope it's a just just one and not an unjust one and it's it's far easier than you think to, to create something and to influence other people. And the other thing I was thinking about on the parenting side, I have at least one, but a, but a few boys that definitely have a desire for justice. Like they, when they see someone getting hurt or someone getting picked on, there's an intensity to it. And they're going to uh, even, even if they've perceived it the wrong way, like they're, they're going to go after and, and try to fix that thing. And I think encouraging again, that's, that's an innate desire encouraging that just piece but then molding it and saying, Hey, here's, here's how this actually works. Here's how you could be just and advocate for, I've, I've seen my six-year-old advocate for the two-year-old because the four-year-old was messing with the two-year-old and and that kind of thing. Um, but, but praise those things and say, yes, you're doing, you're, you're advocating for your, your little brother or, or whatever the case may be. And, and then you can, we're kind of back into the parenting episode, but, um, you can show Eric, here's Eric, how you, you would do are this we're not going to get away from the it's parenting it's going to be a long time
0: for another 15 to 20 years yeah, yeah.
1: but but mold mold the good um, good desires kids have in them cuz they'll show up whether it's justice or generosity mm-hmm. or whatever and you could say yeah more of that and here's here's how that would work so any other questions you want to add to have our listeners Ask themselves before we go.
0: Well, I would just uh, I would just make it as simple as possible. What's one thing you can do today? What's mm-hmm. one thing you can do tomorrow that will increase the justice around you mm-hmm. it, from any one of these five categories? So, just don't let this be a think justice sort right. of podcast, but a do justice podcast. What's one thing you can do?
1: Perfect. I like it. Well, listeners, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. If you find what we're doing helpful, a review would go a long way to getting this to other people. Share it with a friend. If you have questions, send them to comment at com, and we look forward to the next conversation. All right, three, two, one. Hello. This is Eric Estep. <laughs> Are you serious?
0: <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, I forgot who I was. Sorry. He's got the giggles. <laughs>